Hello guys, and welcome to my first fanfic reading of the new year. Now, I'm going to give you guys something special. And it's going to be my first ever fanfic. The first one I've ever written. <laughs> I know, I'm surprised I haven't done this before. But, you know, surprise, surprise. I actually have a couple of them that I've never done before and I never realized it until now. So, going forward, there will be some really old ones and there will be some new ones, of course, because I'm still writing and I will continue to write, hopefully, God willing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I hope that you're excited um, and I hope that you don't judge it too hard. But, uh, you know, here we go. Lay back, relax, and welcome back for a whole new fresh year. <laughs> Trigger warning, violence, and gore, and sex. The Curse of Three by the Hooligan P, available on AO3. Chapter One, The Hot Mess. You could not believe you almost overslept. Your boots slipped inside on the pavement. The train comes at exactly 8.05 and you'll be damned to hell if you don't pick up your iced coffee beforehand. Like who in the hell? makes it through hours of mind-numbing work without caffeine basically injected into their systems. Your breathing comes out labored as you feel the vibrations of the train arriving under the platform. No time to stop, just gotta make it. Sliding past people, you make it down to the stairs. Stand clear of the closing doors. Panic floods your vision when fate is about to kick you in the ass, but you run with all the energy of a sleep-deprived junk food addict, and the doors begin to close as your foot finally touches the train and you made it. Right before the door closed, you breathe, letting out a louder-than-expected puff and huff as you try to get as much air as you can. Why can't you just breathe like a normal person? You just ask yourself. You think all that dancing at 2 o'clock in the morning in your mini studio would get you a bit more used to running for your life. But no. You reach out to grab the pole and your hands brushes against someone. Oh, I'm sorry. You mumbled quietly. Oh, it's the train man. You never really talk, just get a slight nod of acknowledgement. But today, you'd accidentally touched this tall man. Just a very serious looking man in a beige suit and a god awful tie looks down on you. He continues the tradition with a nod and you quickly give one back in return. You grab the pole correctly and take out your phone, pretending to be super interested in whatever social media is trying to sell you this time. And yet you can't help but to look at him. I wonder what was that weird print on his tie? Is it a cheetah print? <laughs> no, wait. Maybe it's a leopard print. You know, for such a classy guy with such like high cheekbones and surprisingly strong build, he had a really awful fashion sense. You wondered if he worked out a lot, or maybe he was just built like that. His sleeves rolled down, exposing strong hands. And that grip tight above the overhead pose. What would those hands feel? The speaker makes you forget your train of thought. P 
People exit the station in a rush, leaving seats underneath the beige guy. Available. He gestures to it with one finger, inviting you to sit. Smiling, you quickly accept it, leaving you a face level to his waist. You try not to stare, knowing your stop is coming up. Just three more, and you'd be there. And you catch him staring at his watch. Damn, that looks expensive. You wonder what kind of job he worked to be able to afford it. Smashing your legs together, you feel the soft knit fabric of your black tights and your matching black crew neck t-shirt and all black hoodie. Shifting your backpack to your lap and you let your mind wander. You didn't have to dress in all black if you chose to. Something about it, you know, had been discontinuous since your teenage days and it never really left you. You bopped your head around, trying to stop yourself from getting too sleepy. Finally, your stop had come, and you split, heading straight for your coffee shop. Hey, sweetie. Hey, mamacita, you say, happy to see Jade, your favorite barista behind the counter. Well, if you're asking, it must be something good. Just niche. Okay, girl, damn it. Because I'm so tired. Ugh, and we're still on for tonight. Anyway, so, like, let's watch one piece. I can't wait the water, She quickly handed you your coffee. Okay, girl, see you tonight. Te veo. Te veo, mama. You rush at the door, passing the faces, masses. Slipping away, going through the motions, ignoring all the spiteful workers and chit-chatting with your boss, catching a couple of chapters of your manga book between filling and answering emails, and by 4.50 came around, you were already so done with your own existence. Now to go home and clean, but chat! You forgot the friggin' fabuloso. Now... You can't have Jada just come over and see you as a hot mess. I mean, you know she knows that you're a hot mess, but you know she doesn't have to see it. Entering the closed discount store, you felt weird. A shiver crawled up your spine, making your body shiver with anxiety, hitting astronomical levels. But you couldn't turn back now. I mean, shadows danced around your corners of your eyes, and you tried to ignore it, but... Your heart began to beat faster. Glass that shattered made you physically jump, and you clutched onto your little basket. Looking around, you could see the scared faces of the other customers, and you scanned each other as the lights began to flicker. An older man next to the shelves and a mother holding the hand of a little girl who couldn't be older than five. A group of around 18s who looked around and started talking loudly because of course they would. Two cashiers and two stock guys that began to look around confused and without warning darkness swallowed us whole. What the hell? One of the cashiers screamed. What are you guys doing in this store? Turn on the lights. A frustrated man said from the back. Mommy? The little girl voice pierced through the black store and he turned around trying to remain calm and just trying to back out of the store as carefully as possible. 
You couldn't see anything, but you knew you hadn't walked too far in. The teens all spoke to each other. Some were worried, others were laughing it off, trying to remain cool, and they whipped out their phones, putting on their flashlights. But the light was barely enough to touch the floor, and you wiped out yours, trying to unlock the screen, when one flash of light disappeared with a sickening wet crunch. You put your phone back into your sweater pockets. You tried to concentrate, remembering what steps you took. You walk backwards, inevitably stumbling on the floor. You bumped your shoulder against something metal, but you kept going. Your feet felt as if you were walking on something warm, like water. A sweatness slipped into your Chelsea boots, soaking your socks. Fear gripped your heart, and you began to pant, feeling every movement. If everyone can just remain calm. The blood-curling scream echoed and you fell back. And instead of cool harshness of metal, you felt a hand. Something wet and sticky. And your lips flattened against your teeth, pressing them down, trying to remain silent. As others screamed in panic, you could hear the flops of people running around in the wet floors. You said, your feet on the wet floor trying to avoid making any type of noise unsure of what the next step would be. Yo, what the fuck was that? You choked back your tears and Will's desperation. Fear hung at you. Your fingers curling from holding your basket, but you couldn't let go. Your eyes starting around, just adjusting to the darkness to try and see the strands of what seemed like people and purple goo dripping from the ceilings. Humans rejoice. A weird voice sounded far. You are to be sacrificed to me. The silence was deafening. Coating the air that caressed your body like a weighted blanket. Survival and a thirst for life primal, raw, and unfiltered by the modern age clawed at your veins, and you stayed low to the ground. You released your basket. Your hands dug into the flooded tiles. Knees now moist, thighs offering no protection against the cool purple liquid. You could hear the soft cries of a sound like the little girl and closed your eyes. You blocked all of your senses with sound. Trying not to follow, but you did. You followed the soft whimpers. You crawled on hands and knees, kneeling at the warm liquid, soaking at your neck and chin with disgust. Pushed aside as you felt the slime ooze through your back and you seek into your shirt, you could hear the soft reassurance of what you think might be her mother. Get down. You murmured between clenched teeth. You could hear the liquid splash as the woman stepped. It's me. It's go who came in, and if you want to live, get down and stay quiet 
Do they follow your lead and you tried your best trying to find an area to hide in? You were so lucky you found the empty storage container section, motioning for the woman to follow. Half swimming as flops of panic, people ran around in confusion and you made your way and you tried to grab two dark plastic containers. Handing one to the mother, you placed it over your own head and hid in the bottom shelf. You closed your eyes hoping this would all end quickly. Stop it right there, ugly. The voice of a young man sliced through the loud pump of your heart. <laughs> Just laugh sounded like it didn't care. Yeah, well, you'll see how funny my fist will be. Hey, Sakura, anytime now. What do you mean, buddy? I thought you were doing great. Even sultry voice said sarcastically, I will kill all of you. Well, I could wish you hadn't done that. Walls began to vibrate with the sound of a heart thud. It wasn't hard to figure out that the voice of the sultry man had to be Sukuna, and so you lifted your lid off the floor just enough to peer under it. Your hair was wet from the slime and the strange liquid, but your glasses were still blurred. So you tried to fix what little vision you had as the lights came on. Seeing the two bodies of two large men with their backs turned, you turned to look at the one in the black sweatpants that hung low past his waist and tattoos of thick black line work marked his back and his arms, yet he held a strange choker with drawings, or was it writing, and swept back pink hair with a black undercut. The men clearly had style. And next to him stood a smaller man, not small by the imagination, still around the same height, around six feet if you could guess, with big brown eyes and a scar under each cheek. He had a black and blue sweatshirt, tore at the collar, revealing a very strong chest and built shoulders. His hair was very similar to the other guy, except shorter, a little bit more curly, and pulled forward to cover and frame his face. He couldn't be any older than 28, maybe 30. It's hard to tell when you get to that age. Hey, is anyone still alive out there? His voice was smooth and comforting. It came out of the guy with the scars. He had to be Itadori. Should you, should you say you're alive? Should should you hide if you... What, what if that voice... I doubt anyone's alive. The sexy voice came again from the tattooed man. He must be Sukuna, but you could stay here forever. Plus, you might as well go first, so at least the other woman can stay here if it's still dangerous. Pulling the container off yourself, you removed it and left the hiding spot. I'm here. I'm here. I'm alive. Somebody help me. Itadori's eyes widened as Sukuna turned around. The tattoos did not just mark his back, but his face, and he stepped back. He almost looked identical to Itadori, but with his dark aura that you could just taste the cigarette and whiskey and women, that's clearly the only thing that had value for him. And you don't like to be a negative person, but the feelings were just... His eyes sharpened at the corner, and for a second... You could have sworn you saw a second pair of eyes underneath his normal eyes. Well, you, you say normal, but they were like red and maybe he wore red contacts or maybe for cool points. 
eyebrows furled, making the tattoos on his forehead even more evident. Maybe, maybe you were a little too hasty asking for help. Now, how the fuck am I supposed to get out of this one? Oh God, I've just I jumped straight from the grills right into the fire like a dumbass. Sakuna smiled. Sharp canines gleamed like flickering lights. He said, spreading his arms, well-defined arms, and long fingers that ended in long black almond-shaped nails. Even though his chest had tattoos, he seemed to be expecting praise? I mean, you shouldn't judge him too badly. He was right, he did save you, but your tears betrayed your resolve. And you look down to wipe your eyes and you can see the skeletal remains of people and you scream and you run towards him. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do it anymore. And you crashed into his warmth, your glasses, stabbing at your nose, your hands desperately holding on so you can feel yourself clinging onto him as if he was the last stone in a world that fell to pieces. Your mind pulled at the strings and your limbs with them and your legs couldn't hold you as you slid down his body, his hard body, and his nails dug into your back. Her tears helping you slide and fall faster. You shrieked, but your throat wouldn't let it come out. A heavy hand grasped around your hair, pulling your head up and back. A strong arm grabbed around your waist, pulling you up, and you gazed at his red eyes. While you were barely breathing, corners of his mouth tilted up, his right eyebrow lifted in question. A second pair of eyes were closed, his lips moved, and you could not understand anything. Large arms lifted you up until you were looking down upon him. Your tears dripped down and trailed down his angular face, passing his high nose. His pink tongue licked at your tears off his face. His nails fastened to your skin, pain, bringing back a strange reality. Listen, baby. Say yes if you understand. You nodded but couldn't speak. Say yes. It's okay. I think she's just in shock. He placed his hands on yours. It's fine. We're the good guys. You're okay now. You stifled and nodded trying to gain some composure back. Are you aware of anyone still alive? You nodded and pointed. Good, suppose I help you. Someone's gonna come from the agency, just relax and we'll take care of everything. Once Itadori had left, you can feel Sakuna's hand tracing your head from your throat as he pulled you down and rest your head between his neck and shoulders. <laughs> thank, thank you. You said in such an odd voice that you almost didn't recognize yourself. His slight laugh reverberated from his torso into yours and the warmth gives you comfort as you hold on for dear life. It's no problem, baby. I'll let my woman bold. Sakuna smiled, 
with large hands rubbing her thighs and you couldn't understand what he meant but you could feel your heartbeat already fading from your ears and you nuzzled into his neck feeling the pulse of his veins your ears focused in on his steady breathing his heavy hands like priceless statues pulling you down to earth protecting your mind from shattering itself The light had finally stopped flickering and it stayed on a soft light. A chime of the door sang. What exactly do you think you're doing? A sturdy voice broke into your comfort. What? She jumped on me. Sakuna said defensively. Hesitantly, you lifted your head and your mouth agape. It's the man from the train! It's Train Man! Except now he had strange green glasses covering his eyes. His familiar face brought a wave of stability in that beige, horribly terrible tie and suit. Why? Yet you've never been so happy to see such an ugly outfit. Yet, in his hands, he held something that seems like a machete. Also, the same weird tie print, of course. Are you okay? The train man asked, still stunned and the adrenaline still pumping in your veins. You just could not remember a time you've actually spoken before, nor that you ever actually heard him speak. But you forced a head nod. He extended his left hand. You felt a little hesitant. He looked back at Sakuna as if to ask for permission from a complete stranger. It's fine, you can trust him, he works with us, blah blah blah. But you can't unfortunately stay like this because someone might think something naughty. What is he talking about? Oh, oh no, no. Your legs were wrapped around this man like a hoe. Oh, you fucking idiot, you think. <laughs> you nervously unwrap your legs from his waist and to your surprise he simply just let you go. Sukuna held you as you lowered yourself by allowing you to slide along his rock hard body, his hand firmly on your back. Your fingertips trailing the soft muscles of his back while your face pressed against his large yet soft chest and its hard rock abs, your wet boots touched the ground and you forced yourself away. You looked at the floor and then at the train man's hand. You couldn't believe it. What was wrong with you? This is not the time to be traumatically horny. What? What is this? It, this is not a thing, right? Look, we're going to need an account of what happened today. I know it's a lot, and it's still fresh in your mind. Would you mind accompanying me to JJ's university head office? The train man asked, and you looked at him, seeing his eyes through the green tint. You knew this was the best idea. Yes. Yeah, I understand. He led you out of the store. 
Wait, you just couldn't leave. Hold on. Stopping abruptly, you turn your eyes standing for Sukuna. You notice him walking past a pile of dead bodies. They look like teenagers, his black sneakers covered in blood, and you scan the profile, etching his appearance into your mind as you examine the body, crouching. Thank you! You yelled at him, his head went back to look your way, his expression of natural confusion, then it softens to a large smile. It's still terrifying, but something sexy about it, the way his eyes flashed red, his sharp teeth on display, and the head tilted up, so you can see that he wasn't all bad boy. It begun to feel like hours in a too expensive office, feeling way too out of place and way too underdressed, being interviewed by too many people. Your clothes were all messy, sleeves were all messed up, sighing, looking out the 23rd floor of a window, eating a snack they provided since you needed a break. Train man had long left, finding out his name was anonymy, which was a surprise. The man could not run out of here any faster if he had wings on his gang feet. <laughs> oh gosh. You let your eyes blur the skinny skyline. What would Jada think after you totally flaked on her? Ugh, you need to make it up to her. A sharp pain shot from your left arm. Fuck! But damn. Who was this Sukuna guy? Maybe he was like weird government projects. I mean, his arms were so strong. You didn't think you could ever fall out of those. <laughs> oh, fucking relax, bitch, you thought to yourself. It's not like you're ever gonna see him again. Plus, it's not a face you see every day. I mean, eh, what could you even do with all that man? You know what, actually? Hey! Eee! Sorry, gonna be to scare you. No, it's okay, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You must feel jumpy from... His voice trails off. And you smile, knowing he didn't want you to feel any more upset than you already were. Look, no, it's totally okay. Yeah, well, you know, at least it looks like your clothes dried, you know, well. Aw, he was trying to make conversation. No. <laughs> no, it feels gross. Now that was not a lie. You did not forget about the excitement of four hours of being questioned and then the gross slime getting into you. Well, how about we get you a little something to wear? No, that's okay. Come on, you're basically like a hero. <laughs> Alright. Flashes of the woman and her daughter race back to you. I know, I know I'm really not, but like, are they good? Are they okay? Nah, they good. They were escorted home two hours ago. Now that's weird. Why am I still here well, then? Well, call me and have your smooth clothes and we'll go out for a drink and we'll talk about it. Well, it didn't seem like there was much of a choice there. Um, okay. Fine, I guess. He led the way. He chatted about some show he was watching, which kept the conversation nice, surface level, and light. 
his comments made me feel like it was chill like the tragedy didn't just happen what felt like a few minutes ago after a little while you pushed him into a store that sell clothes your size you picked out a cute little black wrap dress and some red flowers and just a simple pair of flats with some gold details Itadori looked at the clothes before him Where's the rest of it? He asked confused Yeah, no No, no, no <laughs> He shook his head insulted He walked around the store picking up shirts, shoes, dresses, and pastels and then asked for your opinion and though you constantly told him that you weren't cool with colorful clothes that there really wasn't your style and that he didn't need to spend money he then decided to proceed with accessories which kind of made you a little bit more excited but you didn't want to take advantage of him and you kept telling him that it was all a little too much but of course you'd come to know that he would just kind of laugh it off not much later you had left out the store with Itadori holding three full bags of clothes Alright, this was like a nice little shopping montage, but like, how am I supposed to change into any of this? You ask as you walk along the store. Leave it to me. <laughs> okay. You interlock arms and you made it back all the way to JJ Corp. Go to the second floor. We have fully equipped gym rooms with showers. Feel free to use them. Uh, just let me pick out your outfit before you do. Fine, you said, placing out your hand. Huh, you wish you knew her. Oh, shut it. He gave a teasing smile, and it almost made your heart melt. It didn't hurt that he was kind of handsome, and, you know, the extra layer on cuteness on top, just with a cute little teasing charm. Ah, it was cute. So, you turn and ran into the bathroom. <sighs> you can see that it was a mixed bathroom with a locker room area and your showers were separate. The women's shower is that way. I'm just gonna sit here and let me know when you're done. Steam hit your face and you just couldn't believe how amazing this place was. It definitely shows the difference between companies that care about their employees and ones that don't. You slowly enter the shower with your cap and your soap that already provided and folded white towels under the sink. Standing still, you let the water hit you, tearing away the filth of today. What really happened today? Who is this guy? Who and what were those shadows you saw? You really are surprised that they didn't threaten to keep you quiet. I mean, it's not like people would believe you and it wasn't like you were also planning on telling anyone. But like, why be so nice? Also like, are they being nice before they kill you all later tonight? Like, I mean, I don't know, it's, it's kind of suspicious. They did ask a lot of personal questions. So you scrub down your body, long thick legs and a little too much cellulite and visible veins. Well, maybe you could just hear him out. Itadori did say he wanted to talk to you, so maybe he'd want to clarify some things. Ugh, you really did wish you had a deep conditioner. Itadori inside! You sang out the sour door. Alright, coming in. Itadori said, smiling brightly. 
You stared at the floor-to-ceiling mirror. Your hair had already puffed up into curls. A soft pink pastel and a two-piece was surprisingly adorable. Your bodycon skirt was cute, but it showed a little too much stomach for you, and the crop top was flatter because it was a little looser on top. But you know what? Thank God for the double layer of clothing because otherwise you probably wouldn't have pulled it off. The short sleeve shirt didn't cover much of your tattoos, but it did look good in a cardigan, which should cover up these bad boys. Hey, pass me the cardigan, please. Eudora reached out, grabbing the black crochet cardigan. He stood up and placed it over your shoulders. I'm very cute. He said with his lips hovering over your ear. He placed a small heart earrings in your hand. And you could feel the blood rushing to your face as he took each one by one, placed it on each ear. He was not super tall as a tall girl yourself, but uh, you couldn't be the best judge of that. There was a mischievous glow in his brown eyes that made your heart throb and smile and butterflies just get a little lower, just a little lower. Well, aren't you nice, you said back. Well, not all the time. Excuse me as I look respectfully. He leaned back against the locker, observing. And it just felt like he could just sweep away any concern. Like, damn, he was so fucking cute. For what, though? What was the purpose? Maybe he wants the experience of being with a bigger girl, but... He doesn't really give you that vibe. Here you go. Itadori said, snapping back to Earth. Your mind registered the new black flats that he had chosen and quickly put them on. As he took you to a very low-key bar and you could feel your stomach beginning to roar. You start with a brand of drinks, tequila, sunrise for him, and a lemon drop martini for yourself. And of course, two nice orders of wings. So, has your day been? He asked sarcastically. Well, baby, let me tell you, you said quickly, and Itadori laughed very lightheartedly. <laughs> it was okay until Hal came and tried to pop me, but you know what? It's gonna take more of that to stop me. Haha, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> no, I totally get it. I totally get it. Oh, boy. Any questions before I get started on my spiel? Yeah, well, actually, I do kind of have a question. Like, remember that big guy? I think you called him Sukuna or something? Itadori nodded. Is he your brother or some government experiment or something? (laughs) Okay, good questions. All good questions. Alright. The story is a little bit difficult to explain. Oh, and before you ask me how I know what they call you, it was on your forums, you know, with JJ form. I read your file. What you saw today in the store is a curse, a manifestation of a negative emotion, feeling, or legend that combines itself in gate, some kind of humanoid form all around us, but most people aren't able to see them, and those who are have a little bit of a problem. But anyways, that's not the point. Sukuna, the big guy. Um, 
he's actually a curse as well. So hold on. So you mean he's like a monster of some kind? You interrupt. Trying to process everything. Well, Sakuna is a thousand-year-old curse sorcerer who used to be human but got transformed into a curse. It's a different story. They just go with it. Um. Okay. Uh. So, like, why are you telling me all of this? Like, are you gonna wipe my memory clean afterwards or something? The thought of your whole day being taken away from me is kind of terrifying. But I mean, what else is he supposed to do? Why would he be giving this much information? Yeah, no, no, nothing like that. That's crazy. In fact, we just want to see if you were potentially interested in working for JJ Courts. It's always easier to hire people who are aware of what we do versus those who don't know jack shit. The drinks then flowed like a waterfall before you knew it. Your first day at JJ Corp was gonna come around. Thank you for joining me in chapter one. I hope that you are interested in following up with chapter two called Feel Me. Stay tuned. Bye.